Okay, Cynthia Jackie, I was wondering what made the idea in your head to talk to somebody who used to work in security or bodyguarding? Well, from the time I started karate and when I met Master Collegian, people said, oh, he does bodyguarding. He bodyguarded for Neil Diamond and all these famous people. And I never had the opportunity to sit with him and, and talk to him about it. And it's something that I've always had questions about now for about 30 years. I think that's cool. I didn't even know that. I mean, I knew Master Collegian was a bodyguard, but I didn't know you had questions. So here we go. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon. And we are happy to have Landon for a few more weeks before he heads off to his summer adventures. And today we are interviewing one of our favorite people, right, guys? Us. Us. Sheehan T.D. McKinnon has been on a number of times in a number of subjects. We'll tag a few down below. Us. So you can get caught up if you haven't already heard them. And today, what is our subject again, Landon? Our subject today is to talk about Sheehan McKinnon's experience in bodyguarding. Welcome to the show, Sheehan. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure to see you all again. When you got my message saying I wanted to talk about this, did you think in your head, boy, she's crazy? <laughs> no, no, actually, uh, I, I I don't know. I, strangely <laughs> enough, I, I was expecting it. I don't know why. <laughs> That's awesome. Great minds or crazy minds think alike. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to get right into it. And I'm going to ask, how did you first begin your journey in security and bodyguarding? Well, it, it seemed like a, a natural progression for me for as long as I can remember. I've stepped in front of anyone who was being intimidated and, and stood up against the bullies. Um, I, I guess people noticed my moral stance. And as my skills improved, I was offered work first as a bouncer and, and, and then as a bodyguard. Um, nice. That's very interesting. Well, is it a word of mouth business or how do you do you get the people that you bodyguard? Uh, well, I was freelancing and when I was freelancing, sorry, I, I was basically it was basically word of mouth and you, you did a you did a job for someone and someone else needed someone and, and, and so on and so on. Uh, once I kicked off Toragard, which was my high risk security professionals team, um, I was employing training finding work for a close personal protection uh, team and had, had to become a little bit more proactive. And I was advertising in an Asia-Pacific security professionals magazine. I believe the equivalent now is the, the Asia-Pacific Security Magazine or APSM. It was a monthly, it's a monthly current events, news, jobs, as well as serving as a platform for security companies to promote their, you know, their, their wares. I did not know that, and I always wondered if there was like a school you would go to and then you would get a certification, and that went into like a Yellow Pages or something like that. But what you're saying is that you actually ran a, a program where you trained your people, and your business was called Toragard. Yeah, that's right. Um, we, Very we, cool. Um, yeah. How many people were in it? Well, there was... Up to about 20 and sometimes up to about 30, the training took on a kind of workshop of professionals type atmosphere because you're quite right. Uh, a, a lot of them had done various courses, but 
I wanted a, a, an esprit de corps, you know, I wanted the best of the best. I wanted to make them better. So becoming really, became really stimulating. We exchanged the, you know, and cataloged, among other things, a variety of restraining and, and, uh, and disengaging techniques to use mm. as standard procedures. So did um, you use some, or your team use previously learned martial arts skills? Did that come in handy when you were doing that work? I, I, absolutely. I only uh, only employed people with with some some history in martial arts for a number of reasons. Um, dis- discipline and respect, um, because people who have done martial arts for a while tend to have a, a bit of respect for each other, and there there is a sort of a camaraderie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some really stuff came out of those regular workshops. Um, uh, so much so that I was prompted to pursue further study of some of my employees' martial arts. For instance, Anis, stick fighting and knife fighting. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. The stick fighting techniques were excellent and transferred nicely to the extendable baton with which we mm-hmm. uh, regularly practiced anyway. Anis use, uses a, a short single-bladed stabbing and slashing knife, and that gave me a, a bit of respect for the, the you know coming against someone with a knife because I'd had some experience in a but I'd been cut a couple of times and uh, but this 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 showed me how dangerous a knife could be in the right hands or indeed you know depends how you look at it the wrong hands you know <laughs> that's true um, for our listeners I want to say that um, Arnis is a style of martial art where they use short sticks so twenty four to thirty to 38 inches and the techniques of using the short sticks which are very quick and circular they adapt over to all sorts of knives but and you correct me on this shihan if if you think i'm mistaken they were originally um patterned for machetes in the jungle yeah yeah i think you're right i think you're right yes indeed yeah and that's a heck of a weapon isn't it Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I don't even want to think about that one. I would like to push on. I have a couple of questions for you. Specifically, what martial arts techniques did you find the most useful? Was it like takedowns or did you use a lot of alternatives to deadly force to just kind of contain the person? Or what were some of the popular ones? Well, we trained it all because, you know, you, you never know what you're going to come up against. Um if you're working with people, if you're working with a team, generally, and it depends, again, on, on the risk factors, if it's uh, containable, then you contain it. You know, if it's, uh, you know, if you, can, if you can get hold of someone and restrain them very quickly, you can uh, um, put them out with a sleeper quite easily. So I, sleepers were a, a first option to go to, I'd say. Interesting. Um, but depending again, depending. I mean, if there's obviously, um, you know, if someone with a knife, then you you take them out really quickly. Uh, if it's someone with a gun, well, you just you know shoot them dead as as quickly as possible. <laughs> but, that's really uh, interesting, isn't it, guys? So that yeah. leads right into my next question, which is how much of a role do firearms play in personal um, protection? They can play quite a lot. Well, initially, I, I wasn't carrying a gun. Uh, the, the work that I was doing, the risk factors weren't that, you know, it was just a, a, you know, 
keeping people off someone, you know. Um, having spent five years in the British Parachute Regiment from a very young age, I was not unfamiliar with firearms. Uh, mm. When I began in the, the a close personal protection agent, but one of my earliest official close protection jobs, I worked with a, a professional team. I was required to carry a gun, and from there on, um, I took on more high risk jobs with high threat levels. And, uh, and once I formed Torregard, of course, training with firearms became a priority because we were, we were hired as a team generally in a high-risk area. And uh, if you're going to use a tool, you need to hone your skills so that that tool, uh, you know, with that tool. We agree so with that, that don't we? The, yeah, yes. you can be the best that you can be. You know, regular training on purpose-built live firing ranges with weapons of, of, of our choice became a must. And, and Sheehan, and, when when you were with these teams, I assume you were in Europe most of the time, with the countries that are so close together but have different firearms laws, how did you know what to do? Yeah. Um, look, <laughs> it, it, it can be... <laughs> um, Traveling from, from, you know, interstate can be, you know, difficult enough. because That is true. You're right. You know, every state, indeed, every city seemed to have a different set of rules to abide by. And and so it seemed you needed to have friendly people in high places to promote mm. any kind of smooth interaction. Oh, not always achievable. Yeah, not always achievable. And sometimes, depending on the danger assessment, risk factor, Required some dodgy, not exactly legal um, <laughs> dealings. Yeah. So now I um, hadn't even thought of that. Had you guys? Not at all. I I had really wondered because we've heard that for quite a number of years now in uh, in England, you can't carry a, a firearm at all. No, no. If well, you if you sent me some listener mail on that, and we've already posted that listener right, mail, so. Right. We we understand that that each country has its own firearm laws, but I love the dodginess. I first off, I love that word. <laughs> I, think that, I think that I'll start using that word more often. I like it. And I just made the mental connection to the character in um, Oliver, whose name is Dodger, the Artful Dodger. Yes, That's I right. just I now I've known the story forever, and I just made the connection. But I'm loving the term dodgy. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's going to be my new go-to description of everything. I got to count how many times she uses the uh, word now. Thanks, Shihan. <laughs> <laughs> but you you hinted at it a little bit earlier in the episode about a knife interaction. Um, any, you know, kind of scary stories you can share with us? Or dodgy ones? <laughs> oh, there's number one. <laughs> now I, I can start counting. Yeah. I've had a few interactions with with knives. I mean, serious ones. As a as a as a bodyguard, the the, the work is not often, not always regular, and the, some of the stuff that you do um, is a supplement to that. So I, I I worked as a you know in crowd control they call it as a as a bouncer, but you know as a bouncer, and uh, and several times. Um, can you see the scar on my wrist there? Yes, I can. Yes, we can. Well, that was one of them. Okay. Mm. Um, uh, that looks very and, near and the artery. Yeah, it, it was quite near. And I actually, I actually thought I slipped it. It was a technique 
of of, of grabbing this way while mm-hmm. while taking the arm in and, and mm-hmm. well I managed to take it in I thought he'd miss me and I actually smashed his arm the wrong way at the elbow and and, and I was a little bit miffed that he, he cut me then so I still had hold of his still had hold of his arm and I wrenched his broken arm across my chest and I smashed his his jaw in so he had half a dozen breaks in his jaw at the same time. He ended up in hospital for a, a few weeks. That was was sorted out almost on the spot by a medic, and I and I was um, and I was back to work. But it was it was quite a quite a score. Yeah, <laughs> so that was, that was like one it. of them. Yeah. Now did yeah, you that, did you ever have to go into areas that were scary? Like that's one of the things I think mm-hmm. of. And 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 on that same note, when you're in close personal protection. Are there any people you'd like to mention that were more fun or less fun to be around? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, she I, was I, there. I, I'm dying <laughs> to use the word dodgy again, but I'm re- refraining myself. I am. I'm. I'm trying to keep myself together. <laughs> no, I've, I've been. I've been pretty lucky. Um, I've been choosy, and I've surrounded myself, or I've partnered up with very. Very good Buddhika. I when I when I've been putting together a team, I've looked for more than just their you know the the martial arts prowess. I'm, I've looked for an attitude, and that that attitude shows in people if you talk to them. And it's um, the I'm just trying to think the word that I use, uh, zanshin. This the zanshin, the 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 readiness, the awareness. Mm-hmm. Open, but but aware, you know, ready to go, ready to do, and and uh, I've I've been pretty lucky. But one or two strange people I've come across. Um, one guy, I th- I thought like me, he was a Buddha because um, I'd been in a situation with him, and it was we were protecting someone, and it was at night, and we were out on the you know out in front of the house. And a, and a car came screeching up. We were half expecting something. And, and the, all these gangsters just bundled out and came towards us. And uh, we stepped apart a little bit and, and just hand, hand on the gun on the Glock, you know. And uh, they, they were swearing at us and shouting. And they, they didn't have their, their weapons in the open, but there was hands under jumpers and, and they were saying, get your hand off the gun, get your hand off the gun. And I just said, get back in your car and drive away now. And they, they did a little bit of shouting. I didn't threaten them, but I guess it was implicit, you know. Yes. And they, got, they, they sort of, and they're just bundling together, you know, and they, they got back in the car. This is just a bunch of bullies, thugs, you know, and, and, and quite serious ones as well. I'm, I'm sure they would be quite dangerous but you know, one of the guys said, "You, know, you guys nuts." You, you, you <laughs> and know, the answer nuts. is yes. You know, there's there's nine of us here. And I said, "Yeah, well, there'll be a lot of dead ones by the time you, you know, if you." If you <laughs> okay, I and, have two and, things and, I have to add here, Shion. Number one is when you said the car pulled up and they yeah. they kind of like tumbled out. I swear I made a picture of a clown car. <laughs> <laughs> only, only all the clowns were. Um, 
Okay, that's number one. Number two, for for we've used these terms on this show many times, but for any new listeners, Boudicca are um, warriors. That's just a Japanese word for warriors. And again, you can correct me if you'd like to be more specific, Shihan. And Zanshan is a state of mind where you're ready, but not in an anticipatory way, just in a whatever comes, I can deal with it way. How'd I do? That's that's pretty good. That's that's all pretty good there. Okay. Okay. Now, I dare you to beat my funny clown story with a funnier bodyguarding story. (laughs) Um, well, I was employed by someone to to look after um, a mother and her son, and they they were from an Italian based family, uh, and I was protecting them from from the the husband, who was um, mm. a Sicilian mafia connection. Mm. And, uh, he had flown the country <laughs> um, <laughs> when he, before before they managed to get to him, but he was wanting a connection with the killing. Um, a, sh- a shooting he he got quite violent he wanted to take his son with him and uh he got quite violent um with with his wife but she had a big italian family and and they'd managed to and, and then the police were coming so it took off and, he, and he, anyway three years later this is me she'd had a connection from him and he was saying send their son to sicily to his family or he would have her killed and just abduct him. Mm. And so the person who got in touch with me to do the job uh, had a lot of respect for my skills. He didn't like me. We hated each other. He was a, <laughs> um, he was an Argentinian. And uh, do you uh, you guys know about the Falklands, the, the war yes. in the Falklands? With, yes, of course. Yeah, okay. He was an Argentinian um, helicopter pilot. And I'm ex-para, of course. And it was the paras that Brit sent it was after I left. I, I know it was actually, oh. but, I, but that didn't matter. I was ex-para, you know, and he hated the paras. So um, I see. So, and I and I did a few jobs for him, but usually it was jobs that he wanted someone he knew could do the job. They obviously had a lot of respect for for my abilities, but he didn't like me anyway. Hmm. So that I was I was looking after this woman and her son. I was with them for a couple of weeks, and they were doing a, a birthday party, a ninth birthday party for him. The family wanted to take him to Centennial Park in Sydney, middle mm. of summer. I tried like hell to dissuade them from it. I said, you know, it's going to be busy. doesn't matter. Then I tried to get the guy who got me. I said, this is going to need a couple of guys. I need a team. Nah, nah, it's priced one guy all the way through. Mm. Do it or not, you know. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So we're there on the day, and, and it's nearly 40 degrees centigrade. And uh, mm, I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a coat because I've got a the shoulder holster on yeah. wearing the jacket you know and uh, they're running up and down and doing games and stuff and i'm trying to keep in nice spots <laughs> a nine-year-old <laughs> birthday party <laughs> nine-year-old birthday party you know and you've got all you know anyway and i'm and i'm trying to watch them and scan 360 degrees <laughs> and, and four or five hours of this and i'm you know hot sweaty had enough a hundred meters away halfway up a, a, a grassy bank with some trees and stuff i can see Something happened. There's a couple of guys moving down. They're, they're sneaking. And, and I said, that's it. I said, we're leaving. And we had a, a big four-wheel drive. And I, I said, get in, you know. The roads were packed. The uh, grassy areas were packed with people. The crowds. I couldn't get out. And, and I kept checking. They'd split up, these two guys, and they were coming in at angles. 
And so I, I drove up to this public toilet and I parked right against the thing. And I said, everyone, get down, get on the floor, lie flat on the floor, don't move till I tell you. And I get out, I get parked this far away from the wall, and I get there and down on the floor, and I'm watching the feet under the under the uh, four-wheel drive, and I see two uh, sets of black polished shoes. They come together, and one, I can just make out one of the guys saying, where'd they go? And the other one saying, they might went in the toilets there. As they moved off towards the toilet, I came round the, the back. As they were going in, they were just going in, I made my move, and I ran and jammed my heel palms against the back guy, big Tongan guy, and, and hit him in the middle of the back, uh, well, small of the back, and he stumbled forward onto the other guy, a smaller white guy. Then they stumbled into the thing, and I've, draw, I've, I've drawn the Glock, and, uh, you know, get your hands in the air like that. And they were freaking out, and <laughs> hands in the air, turning around, Tom, it's us, don't, don't. And I said, you, what are you doing? Oh, just, yeah. and they'd been given the instructions to come along and see if they could sneak up on me. And, and I said, you're nuts. I said, I'm, I'm watching for mafia types to come and kill one of my clients. And, you know, when I abduct the other one, I should have uh, shot you. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> they were said to trick you. Yeah, they oh were said to Wow. That's a great I can just story. imagine the image of them being like, hey, chill out. And, and, yeah. I, and I was thinking of, you know, new pants. <laughs> <laughs> So hasn't yeah, this yeah. been everything we thought it would it be? It was amazing, oh, as always. Unbelievable. And I'm guessing that some people who listen to this show have some story about their own experience yes, in personal course. security. So if you do, you want to get in touch with us, of course. And we're all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. We're on Instagram at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And you can email us old school at dojoconversations at AOL.com. Did I miss any of it? No, Sensei. But they may be able to get some bodyguarding clothes from Honor Athletics. Oh, good one. <laughs> Very good the one. Sponsor of our show. And how do they do that? Well, you can scroll down in the notes and just click the link. And that is the easiest, fastest way, I think. Or you can uh, phone Cynthia. At 770-945-5150. And don't forget to mention Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. And now back to the star of the show. Um, Shihan, I was thinking about how on my Facebook page, I repost your blog each time you write one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Landon announce the, the name of your webpage so people can go and read because you make some of the most interesting uh, blog posts. Last one, read. Aren't they? This uh, last one was on uh, knife techniques. I found it enjoyable, but you have a lot of philosophical ones and those are my favorites. Uh, so they can visit the blog at Toracon, which is spelled T-O-R-A-K-A-N, Toracon Karate, all one sentence, dot com, dot A-U. So, that's how you're going to reach Chihan McKinnon on your own without us, the middle person. <laughs> the dodgy middle person. The dodgy. <laughs> now she's on to number three. <laughs> but in the meantime, it's so important for me to thank you. What a fun time we've had. Always a fun time. So thank you, sir. You're welcome. And my pleasure entirely. Ours too. Us. And I think we told him how to get in touch. So all we have to do is sign out. That's us. it. Thanks for being here, everybody. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Loved having you here with us. Bye. And on that note, 
I'm going to sign us out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.